All set for your flight? Yep, I've got everything I need. Eye mask, neck pillow, T-Mobile, headphones. Wait, T-Mobile? You bet. Free in-flight Wi-Fi. 15% off all Hilton brands. I never go anywhere without T-Mobile. Same goes from a water bottle, chewing gum, nail clippers, okay, passport. Okay, I'm gonna leave you to it. Find out how you can experience travel better at T-Mobile.com slash travel. Qualifying plan required. Wi-Fi were available on select U.S. airlines. Deposit and Hilton Honors membership required for 15% discount. Terms and conditions apply. Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional-level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Super big announcement. I am hosting a show called The Glamorous Trash Party in honor of Glamorous Trash, the newsletter I send out. It's going to be glamorously trashy. It is half stand-up comedians, half drag queens. I'm hosting it. It's December 1st, which is a Thursday. It is live in Los Angeles if you want to get a ticket in person. It is also going to be live streamed, and we are selling tickets for that. I am going to do drag for the first time in... Oh my gosh, maybe five years. And and I'm so excited about this. The woman who taught me drag, my drag mom, is going to perform. She's coming back to LA to launch this show because it is a special show celebrating the fact that Celebrity Book Club has been listened to over four million times. I, tr- I truly cannot believe that. But when our producer, Kate, told me that, she said, have you looked at the numbers? I said, no. She said, did you know it's 4 million? I said, we should throw a party. So we are doing the show. And then afterwards, it is a celebrity book club sponsored party. If you come to the party, you're going to get super cool gift bags. We have a piano bar where you can request songs and sing them to the piano. We have a photo booth. We have a ton of stuff in on top of the show. We have, I think we have custom cookies coming for you. It's a lot. It's super cool. We are really celebrating hard. And most importantly, all the proceeds are going to go to Futures Without Violence and the Mariposa Fund in New Mexico. Futures Without Violence help women live free of domestic abuse. And the Mariposa Fund helps women seek abortion care and health care who really need it. And they're in New Mexico, which is um, a state where it, that still provides abortion access and is in a central location to a lot of states that no longer provide that. So it's a really great place to donate to. So buy a ticket. If you want to support, come see us live. Come see us on the stream. And um, it's going to go to a really great cause. And what? Four million times. Okay, let's celebrate December 1st. The link's in the show notes. Welcome to Celebrity Book Club. This is a podcast that recaps and celebrates the memoirs of female celebrities. I'm your host, Chelsea Vantes. I'm a TV writer, comedian, and filmmaker, and sometimes I'm in stuff too. And this week, we are book clubbing Constance Wu's memoir titled Making a Scene. I love the title. I love the book cover. I think it's a 10-10 it's a from me on title and visuals, and it's a great title for her book. It was published just last month in October 2022. I had a pre-release copy. I've had this book for four months, you guys. We're going to get into it all. This book gives you so much on being an actor, New York, so many dating stories, what happened on Twitter with some tweets. It's got everything. So let's dive in. 
Go on, what's, what, what made you want to do this? Well, you know, I feel like with social media and internet culture, we often only get a little snippet of, of people's lives and then we make a judgment based on sure. it. And I just think, um, I think as an actor, what we love is like really exploring the human experience. And I think snippets of people's lives can be very reductive to what it really means to be a human. So I wanted to take the opportunity to write something that was more expansive. Um, and uh, so, so that's what I did. That's what I did during my pandemic. And what's the book called? Making a Scene. Making Ooh. a Scene. Yeah. Good title. Good title, Constance Okay, we are diving into Constance Wu's book with a very important guest, a very long time coming guest. Me and this guest have been DMing about this beautiful episode and us doing this podcast together. I feel like for two years. It is Anna Hosnier. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. Okay. So then one of the chapters that I really, really, really loved is when she talks about fresh off the boat. Yeah. And she says, um, I want to read this paragraph. She said, then came fresh off the boat. FOTB would be the first American network TV show in more than 20 years to center an Asian American family story. It was inspired by Eddie Huang's memoir of the same name. Eddie, like me, was an Asian American kid who grew up in an all-white suburbia, but he'd had a very different experience. He hadn't always fit in, and his parents were strict, not easygoing like mine. I was cast in the role of the mom, Jessica Huang. When I got the part, I felt a mixture of happiness and uncertainty. I was elated to have an acting job, but it hit a lot of soft spots. Number one, it was a mainstream comedy, and I'd always considered myself a serious dramatic actress. Number two, my character was a mom 10 years older than I was, which I'll admit was a blow to my vanity. She's so honest. I love it. Number three, the softest spot of all was her Asian-ness, her demeanor, her values, her accent. This is tying back to another part of the book, but she says she wasn't trying to avoid the T-Rex. She was taunting it. And so I love that she talks about how this show is like hitting these pain points. So it's going to be very successful for her, but it's going to like bring up a lot of like pain and identity. And then yeah. below this, she writes a sentence that I love. She said, I'd spent my 20s more worried about rent than representation. I admittedly didn't know much about, which someone said this to me once and I, I just so resonated with it, which is that like pondering your identity is such a privilege. Yeah. And I, and I feel like, Often in our current discussions as someone who has like a podcast about this, I'm really curious your opinion, which is like when like rent is due and you're suffering and in pain and, and all those things, like you can't really sit around and like ponder like what does, what is my identity? And like it's yeah. just something that like you really have to be because it's such a like touchy subject. You really have to be um, supported and feel safe to just like go into these philosophical conversations about yourself that I feel like people think come easily, but I don't think they do. No, I, I agree. And like when you're growing up, like you have so much just inner toil turmoil about being a kid, being a teenager, fitting in. You don't want to be different. So you're really actually avoiding it at all costs. Like yeah. you don't want to talk about your parents, like where they're from. You know, you just want to assimilate quickly. I mean, like I didn't even start really accepting or like just being like, openly Persian or like, you know, just, you know, trying to be different until I got to college. And I was like, oh, it's actually cool to be different. Yeah. But like through high school, my emotions were not in the place to think about 
anything on any deep level. You know, like I was just trying to like keep my friends and not lose them in like a petty fight, you know? My mind was so simple. And I had to literally like leave home and like find other people who were like me before I could even remotely, you know, start thinking about who I am. And even then, like, I didn't really start trying to like push for more representation until I was like in a steady job with a steady income. And then I finally felt like I could try and make, you know, a difference. Yes. Yes. But I, I, that is so well said. And and I love the way Constance speaks to it where she's like, yeah, in high school, I was trying to assimilate, just like you said, yeah. like I was trying to assimilate and like be cool and popular and like yeah. deal with Fiona. Yeah. Like, then, then in my 20s, I was like, I have to pay rent. Like I can't, like I, she was a waitress most of her 20s and like make parts. And then from there, she gets cast in the show that is like, you are again, the first Asian American show in 20 years. Uh, the first one being, um, Margaret Cho's show. So it's like, you're going to really hold representation for such a large group of people who never get it. And she was like, I was not, that was something I was like versed in. And I just love the honesty because I think that's how a lot of people probably feel, but don't feel like they can say it because that's not like maybe the correct answer. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's tough because I mean, we know more than anything in this industry, like people hold your feet to the fire. Yeah. Yes. And they're intense. Well, it's if also if you don't do it exactly right, oof. you're ruined. Which is why I this is this is my favorite two paragraphs in the book. I'm going to read it all in full. I've heard a lot of Asian actors say I refuse to play stereotypical roles. I want to choose roles that could be played by anyone. They say that success will be when our Asianness isn't a part of the story when we get cast in non-stereotypical roles. I do not subscribe to this idea of success. That career ethos, that desire to shut down Asian stereotypes is a reaction to a Hollywood standard that was created by people who do not know us. I got into acting to be creative, not reactive. There will always be people who don't get it. You don't make art for them, so why make your choices a reaction to their ignorance? There are real people who genuinely embody stereotypical attributes. There are mothers and our fathers, our uncles and aunts, our brainy cousins. I don't want to hide their voices or their stories. They are human too. Stereotypes are not harmful for their mere existence. They're harmful for their reduction of a person or group. Stereotyping reduces a person to his most obvious attributes, then exploits that reduction. In many ways, I think that previously stereotyped roles deserve more representation because Hollywood really did them wrong the first go-round. That's why I want to see great Asian American actors in previously stereotyped roles, because I know what great actors can do. They give them a character, flesh, bones, history, heart, expanding them, not reducing them. So... I mean, I, the the notes on this page are so huge because I, I think this can apply to every quote unquote minority group in Hollywood. And the one like I'm always constantly talking about on this podcast, just the general group of women where old out of touch men for years wrote female characters and they mm-hmm. created things like the cat fight, you know, the sexy girlfriend who says nothing, all these things. So now when you produce a script and you have like two complicated women getting into a fight, they're like, oh no, 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 we don't do that anymore because that's bad for women. And it's like, no, what you did is bad for women. And now yeah. you're erasing any nuance or complexity because someone else created a negative stereotype about us and did it incorrectly. And the way she said it is a lot more accurate. But I was just like, this is so beautiful. I, I wish that it was talked about more in our industry. Yeah, I agree. It really hits a place where you're like, at first I was kind of, when I started reading it, I was like, wait, what is she saying? Mm-hmm. And then as I really start to think about it more and I was like, no, yeah, she's right. Like we don't even get to portray ourselves anymore yes. in a way that's true to ourselves 
they decide what's appropriate when not appropriate. You know, like it, it's almost like a it's a bit of a mind fuck, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even because I mean, what she really was specifically talking about here too is that her character Jessica in Fresh Off the Boat has a quote unquote stereotypical Asian American accent. Right. And she's also uh, what is called uh, in the book a tiger mom, which is also right. could be stereotypical um, in, in Asian culture. And people said to her like, oh, you're playing such a stereotypical role that's like harmful for culture. And she's like, no, no, no. What is harmful for culture is when all those white dudes wrote those racist movies with these terrible yeah. Asian accents and like, and, and had white people playing them. <laughs> yeah. And now like, I can't even play Eddie's mom in this TV show because you're saying it's harmful when like, it's actually just a real story on the backs of horrible, horrible storytelling in Hollywood for a hundred years. I yeah. I want to like print it out and like give it to 20 specific people I'm thinking about. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. You're my lucky that was just a little bonus teaser of the full episode. Are you mad? Are you mad at us? And you're like, why isn't this a full episode? I get it. But we have to pay for this podcast somehow because we are independent. And let me tell you, I got good news. For literally just a dollar a month, you can get all of the bonus episodes. It's just a dollar. And Patreon also was like, Chelsea, no, it has to be $5. And I was like, I don't want anyone to be left out. So there's a dollar pay what you can option. If you can pay more and do love supporting this podcast, give us the $5 option. But I don't, I don't check it. Do whatever you want. Put in a dollar or five dollars a month and get the rest of this episode and all of them and know that you are going to pay to support the production on this podcast. And it means a lot to us. And it's the reason why we can keep doing great books. And thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you for another episode if you go to the Patreon.